We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and boy, do we have a show for you tonight. We have Kung Fu Panda 3, the finest hour, the good dinosaur, Finding your roar, and we have a special guest today with us. We have musician and songwriter Jonathan Sprout with his album, American Heroes, for the present day show. Jonathan, I'm happy to have you on the show. Oh, Kung Fu! Oh, wait, that's not me. That's uh, not you. Kiva, <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted to be here, and it's great to meet you. Now... I got the privilege of listening to your album, which I absolutely adore. So I think the best thing to talk to start with is, since your album's about American heroes, Albert Einstein, Theodore Roosevelt, my personal favorite, Walt Disney, what's the research process for writing these songs? Oh, man, it's serious. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I spent a year researching before I even began writing the album. And I counted the number of books I read, 110 books. I also visited a lot of sites, birth sites, uh, famous uh, historical sites that tied in with the heroes. So I did a lot of research because I wanted to make sure that, you know, the album, well, wouldn't only hopefully sound good, but that it would be completely historically accurate. So I had a lot of people proofing the lyrics and just making sure I got it right, got the stories right. Now, I love history. History is my favorite subject in school. And when I heard that you did songs, educational songs about history, I'm thinking, I th- I automatically think of Richard Stone. He's one of my favorite from Animaniacs. He did a lot of great songs for Animaniacs. At the end of the day, with these with, with these songs, what do you want to accomplish for, for children to get from this album? You know, there are actually a lot of layers or levels that I'm trying to reach children with. And, and one of them is... It's about psychology as much as, as it is about history. It's about teaching children the qualities of true heroes. And there's a lot of character education in learning about heroes. You, you learn about how Theodore Roosevelt wouldn't give up. Uh, what, what, what was it he said? It is hard to fail, but it is worse never to have tried to succeed, which I love. I mean, it's a quote that ties in with all kinds of things that children can identify with, about not, never giving up and holding on to your dreams and so there's a lot of character education in this but there's also history and you love history so you know that it is not dead people and dates it's it's stories and the cool thing about history is that they're true stories and as i've researched these people and the other people this this is actually my fourth heroes uh cd there are three that came before it i've learned that the truth is at least as fascinating as fiction. The fact that these things really happened. I mean, the fact that, for instance, Theodore Seuss Geisel actually met Theodore Roosevelt when Geisel was 14 years old, and he had a really bad experience. <laughs> it was, it's a long story, but it kind of made Geisel a shy person, which kind of inspired him to become a writer, I think, later on in his life. So there's just some really, really cool stories that you, could, you can't make up. That are true stories, and it's fun to be able to tell kids that the truth can be just as interesting as anything that people make up. Oh, definitely. I think most of our fictional stories nowadays are inspired by history. I mean, 
I, I love going to history class because my teacher makes every single day like a soap opera because just it's fascinating and you, you can't make this stuff up but mm-hmm. it just happens and that that's another reason why I love your songs is because it's fascinating how you get the music and you, you do a lot of different types of instruments that make it fascinating make it diverse there's a lot of diverse music in this album so can you tell us a little bit about that you know I'm glad you picked up on that and that is the fault and I, I say this facetiously but that's the fault of my co-workers you know I have what we call a Jonathan Sprout style and take the Dr. Seuss song for instance I wrote my own version of the Dr. Seuss song which was pretty darn good but it was like a rock song that I would have written within my style and I sent it to one of my co-writers and he trashed it and he wrote this bizarre goofy keyboard focused version and I I remember he sent it back to me and I had not given him instructions to do that (laughs) he he was supposed to enhance what I sent him but instead he just started all over again and for about 24 hours I was really upset but then I realized that what he had done was much better and much richer than I could have done so together the two of us came up with something that was much more unique and different and much more Seuss-like so I can thank Jimmy Hammer for that and the same is true with other songs there's a song called Heads, Hearts and Hands that is about Mary McLeod Bethune who was a great African-American hero in fact she was probably the most famous African-American woman in the mid-century 1900s and I don't write soul music very well because it's just not my favorite it's, I, I don't I don't get it as well as other people and I had the lyric but Jimmy came in and wrote the music and just uh, the, between the two it just worked really well so um, we, we tried to write songs that were you know representative of the people and the times they lived in and the places they came from there's a song about Roberto Clemente called Hall of Fame and yes. we we, we actually did a lot of research. We found out what, because he he's from Puerto Rico. We found okay. out what Puerto Rican music sounds like. And I forget what it's called. It's like bomba or samba or people are going <laughs> to laugh at me that I can't remember the, the name of, the, of the, the style of music. But we went online and researched it and then figured, well, okay, so it has to sound kind of like that. And then, of yes. course, you know, we made it our own song. But So e- each of the songs is supposed to be kind of like the hero that we're writing about. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're talking about the films Kung Fu Panda, The Finest Hours, Finding Your War, The Good Dinosaur, and we're going to continue our talk with Jonathan Sprout with his album, American Heroes. This is his fourth one. So, again, going off of what you said about how you wanted each song to embody the icon, the hero, I really got that. When I was, I, I, I loved your Walt Disney song, Through a Child's Eyes, because you really made the magic of Disney through, through that song, really showed what Disney wanted to show and it's just kids on the big screen silver screen how the songs really represent his dream as a as a cartoonist as a businessman and as an as an entrepreneur it's I that's it's a great album because of that because you stay true to the person and that's it's amazing now since we're on the subject of American Heroes who do you consider what what qualities create an American hero to you you know Kiefer I've tried to pick people who were heroes consistently throughout their lives and in other words they were not just honest or brave one day. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there have been a lot of great heroes who have done amazing things to save people's lives. 
But I've tried to find people who, because of their character traits, were consistently, day after day after day, persevering or great citizens or honest or compassionate or whatever. And so to me... A true hero is somebody who is that way day after day, rather than just for one one day or for one event. And so I, I tried to pick people with, with different qualities from different uh, areas of life, different centuries, different cultures to get a to get a nice blend of different kinds of heroes and again uh, you mentioned again this album so diverse not only instrumental but with the different types of heroes this whole album the the one we're specifically talking about today as environmentalists ball players scientists a businessman i mean it's it really is a diverse album so are there any present heroes that you may see see emerge now nowadays that would maybe later turn into an album? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, there, there are many great heroes. Uh, Jimmy Carter is one of my favorite heroes now. I just love what this man has done to reach out to the underprivileged people, not just in America, but all around the world. And the things he's done for eradicating different diseases with the Carter Center is just remarkable. And Oprah Winfrey is another great hero to me. I love her. And I, I, I know I might not... I might make some political enemies to say this, but I happen to be a strong believer in Barack Obama. I think he's just been an amazing presidential hero. So the, the thing is, though, Kiefer, I'm, I'm yeah. sort of telling you honestly, but, you know, you, to be really honest, there, there are heroes who may appear to be heroes, but then once you get to hear their true stories, they may not be heroes. And so... <laughs> I, I've tried to be very careful about picking my heroes, and this might sound kind of crude, but it's safer to pick people who have already passed, <laughs> you know, because because you know that they're not going to screw up. And there are many stories of people who we as a culture thought were great heroes, but then something happened or something got revealed or whatever. So, you know, it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that is a sad commentary, but it is true. And you've picked some wonderful people in your album, and... Hopefully, all of our listeners and everybody out there, we're going to see some great heroes more emerge from the, from this generation. So, Jonathan, I thank you very much for being honest and telling us about your album. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Kiefer. It's been a pleasure for me. A real honor to, to get to talk with you. Thank you. Go check out the album. It's really worth your time. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley. Tonight's show is sponsored by Guess How Much I Love You by N-Circle Entertainment. Such an eager little boy Broomstick for a bat Tin can for a ball Not much more than that One day he gave the ball A mighty whack Sailing over a mint A coffee bean sack Far from the sugar fields of San Juan Going, going, gone So much more than just the way He played the game his kind and giving heart that keeps him in our hall of fame. Managua earthquake victims, an overloaded plane filled with relief supplies, a 
takes off in the rain. He knew there was a risk, but he had to go on a mission of mercy. He couldn't say no. Not far from the sugar fields of San Juan, the legend lives on. So much more than just the way he played the game. It was his kind and giving heart that keeps him in our hall of fame. Everyone with plays he made Passion in the ways he played He was a superstar they all declared Remembered as the man who Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. We just got done talking to Jonathan Sprout about his album, American Heroes Number 4. We're also going to be talking about the films The Finest Hour, The Good Dinosaur, and Finding Your Roar. Right now, I'm with Nathaniel and Naeem to talk about the new film, Kung Fu Panda 3. How are you doing, Naeem? I'm good. What about you? Happy to be on the show as always. And you, Nathaniel? I am doing really good. Fantastic. Well, let's get into it, shall we? I did get to see this film, and I personally really enjoyed it, so let's see what you guys thought. Naeem, what, what, 
What is your first impression on this film? Well, I really like how the main point that the director was trying to get out to everybody was be yourself and don't try and be like somebody else. So that was really nice. I love around the animation, maybe a little bit, because it was pretty spectacular. Oh, yeah. It was, well, I felt like it was in a real place because it looked really real. And all the Kung Fu Panda movies that I've seen, like one, two, and three. They all had really good animation, but I think Kung Fu Panda 3 had the best animation. Well, big time. It's absolutely an amazing animation. I got to see it on 3D and it looks spectacular. Yeah, I saw it in 3D also. Beautiful. So yes. Nathaniel, what about you? What did you think about this film? Well, first I have to say I didn't see it in 3D, but it was still awesome. Well, that's good to get some different opinions to see if how it is on 3D or if it's not. So what did you think about the story in this film? I think that it was a really touching movie and if you saw the kind of last scene of the second one, mm-hmm. you can see that his father has, like, figured out that Poe is still alive, which leads into the beginning of this film where he is, where they meet each other. So I like how it was kind of a transition between the movies. And there was something before to continue on, so we knew that we were going to get another one. Certainly. When I saw Kung Fu Panda 2, I was excited to see the third one, and it's be satisfied with it. It's It has a good story. I love where it takes place. Now, Naeem, what did you think about the action in this film? Oh, the action was really good, especially when they were fighting, because... It, it looks like they're, like, hitting them, actually, and knocking them. And it doesn't look like they're just going right through them, like some animation. Yes. No. So, the action was really good in it. Totally agree. I feel like that this is some of the best animation in the franchise. Really beautiful, and it's so fast-paced. It's just, you could see, like... Poe flying through the air, especially if you see it in 3D, or if, or if you don't yep. see it in 3D. It's still, it just... Whoa, you feel like you're flying on air. The animation is that stellar. Uh, So I recommend it if you want to see it. 3D is by far one of the best ways to see it. Like when Poe threw a punch, I kind of moved out of the way because (laughs) it looked like it was coming straight at me. Feels like you can just reach out and touch it. That's... (laughs) I love those. I love going to movie theaters and having people put on 3D glasses because they just always make that thing like, whoa, and they have that, everyone's hands out in the theater. Because if you get a picture of a 3D movie theater, you just see everybody's hands just like reaching out. Just, it's so funny. And I bet it looks kind of silly, but hilarious. So Nathaniel, what did you think about the, the characters in this film? Because there's quite a, there's a lot of great characters. Yeah, there were so many that in my review, I literally could not put them all down. It would take up too much. Certainly, there's really some specific characters. So, what would you say is your favorite character, Nathaniel? I'm probably going to be really specific, and this may sound wrong, but it's definitely Poe. Because <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm just a total fan of the first two movies, but I still really enjoyed them, and I think that Poe is still the best one that's around. Of course, Jack Black's voice acting really embodies and gets the character. He, he is Poe. That's how into the character he is. Yeah, I was actually really excited because uh, I uh, got to meet Jack Black after the showing of Goosebumps, so... Really? Uh, yeah. I know what, I understand we're talking about Kung Fu Panda 3, but I want to get into that. Did you ask him anything, any questions uh, regarding Kung Fu Panda, or was it just mainly about Goosebumps? Yeah, it was just about Goosebumps, and nobody really asked him 
if any upcoming movies were coming out, but he may have said that this one was coming out. So well, of course, I, you got to. I, I do have to remember that he is promoting Goosebumps, and Kung Fu Panda would not be appropriate to talk about. But maybe get like maybe a sneak peek. That's what's great about these red carpets. Sometimes they they tell you about those kind of things. Yeah, I've In actually fact, never been to a red carpet, but yay! Oh, was it a press junket then? Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Well, you're definitely going to do red carpet very soon. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, Kung Fu Panda 3, and we're talking about the film out The Good Dinosaur, and Find Your War, and we also talked to Jonathan Sprout about American Heroes number 4. So we're going to continue our conversation with Nathaniel Naeem, and while we were talking about Kung Fu Panda 3, I do have to mention this. When we were doing Turbo, Ian and Jay went to go see um, the Turbo, the Netflix original. James Hong was there, because I think he was one of the voice actors, and we interviewed him. He says... We asked, is there any upcoming projects? And this was in, like, 2011, I think. And he said, yes, I'm actually working on Kung Fu Panda 3 right now. I'm like, what? So we were excited because we thought, oh, it's going to come out, like, in about two years from now. Well, came out a little bit longer than we expected, but still, it was worth the wait. So I just had to point that story out there. About five years. Yay. Yes, five years. Well, you can't rush perfection. You can't. You just can't. It was either 2011 2012. I am blanking because that was kind of a blur for me. It was a great night. So, Naeem, what would you think about, since this is part a third film in a franchise, I know we talked about Kung Fu Panda 3, but what, did you feel like that this was a great addition, even maybe better than the other films? Definitely, because I really enjoyed when he met his father because it was very funny that he didn't know it was his father. <laughs> um, and... I think it had more action in the third one, so I liked it much better. And I didn't get to see the first and the second one in 3D, so... This was a treat, then. Yeah. Actually, interesting thing, I believe that DreamWorks made a, I believe, Chinese, yes, a Chinese version of Kung Fu Panda 3. Different, I mean, the animation is... The character designs a little bit different for that specific mainstream, or not mainstream, for that specific film in China. And they got different voice actors, and it's totally dubbed in Chinese. And I think that's absolutely cool. That's really cool that they were able to broaden them, broaden the spectrum of showing the film. So that was also a first in the DreamWorks history books. Yeah, like when I went to Sweden, I saw Inside Out in Swedish. What? Yeah, it was like totally dubbed in Swedish. But it had different actors, just like you said. Yes. And it was really cool. Kind of fun to see another film in a different language, especially in Swedish. I can only... I don't know any Swedish language, so I can't make a joke about that, but I'll try next time. So, uh, Nathaniel, uh, what would you say... We were talking... You mentioned that you've seen the other films as well, am I correct? Yeah. What did you think about... Did you feel like this was a good addition, or do you feel like it was way better than the other films? It was definitely a a good addition, but it rocked. I mean, I'm not saying that it was better than the others. It just was better than the others. Okay, then. Well, I kind of leaving us in the world there. It's not better than the others, but it's better than the others. So I'm going to put you down for thinking about it. I'm going to put you down for that. I, I really enjoyed this film because I don't think it's one of the, I, in my personal opinion, it's not the best out of the franchise. I feel like Kung Fu Panda 2 was better story anyway, animation-wise. But this one, I mean, it's hard creating sequels. Spielberg once said that when you create a sequel, you're trying to outdo yourself. So I feel like they try to put the all into it. And what they gave... Story-wise, was a little bit rushed. They really tried to put a lot into the story. I mean, it's only an hour and a half. But I feel like the voice actors and um, J.K. Simmons as Kai and Jack Black and Brian Cranston as his father do a great job in barring the characters. 
since speaking of which, Naeem, what did you think about the voice actors besides ja- the amazing judge, Jack Black? They did a really good job. It looked like it fit in with the characters' personalities. Mm-hmm. And I think most of them were the same from the first and the second movie. So yeah. I was already used to the voices. Yes, it's nice to get Angelina Jolie back for Tigress, who she's absolutely amazing in as Tigress. She really is. I We've seen her in a lot of dramatic roles, especially by the sea. Um, by the way, kids, um, ask your parents about that film. That's uh, not much of a kid's film, but it's nice to see her in kid's films. She really does a good job totally becoming Tigress. Anyway, Nathaniel, how many stars would you give this film? In my review, and I really do believe this, five out of five. Boom. Confident, strong. I like it. Naeem, what do you think? Also five out of five stars. It's unanimous. We love the film. So, if you want to go check out the film, it is out in theaters now. Thank you very much, Naeem and Nathaniel, for talking about Kung Fu Panda 3. I'm not going to say you're welcome, because I think that I should be the one saying thank you to you. Well, you're quite welcome, Nathaniel, and thank you, Naeem. <laughs> you're a sly one there. You, you kind of boggle my mind, my friend, and I like that. You keep me on my toes. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Guess How Much I Love You by N Circle Entertainment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Welcome back to the Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. We just got done talking with Naeem and Nathaniel about Kung Fu Panda 3 and also Jonathan Sprout, musician of the album American Heroes Number 4. Now, right now, we're talking with Lainey about The Finest Hours. This, I, I'm actually, I was, when I saw the trailer for this, I'm thinking, it looks fun. I like disaster films. And it, again, it's based off a true story. And as Jonathan and I have talked about, history creates great stories and it's, you can't make this stuff up. So, Lainey, tell us a little bit about what Finest Hour is and what you think about it. So, The Finest Hour takes place on February 1953 when an enormous storm hits the Cape Cod coast, leaving everyone on the SS Pendleton in danger because the boat is sinking. And so, rescue boats 
arrive, but it's super dangerous, so they may not make it, and it's really intense. But I personally really enjoyed this movie because it was based off of a true story, and I know some people said that it might, you know, like, be based, you know, like, maybe feel like the Titanic movie or something, but I didn't feel that from this movie. Like, I don't know. No, I, I didn't get that. I haven't even seen a film, but, but judging by a trailer, it, I don't think I'm going to get the same feeling from Titanic as I did for Finest Hour. I mean, that's just going to be a fact right there, because I, I would not have cried as hard. I mean, um, been more as much as emotional with Jack and Rose. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The tears are coming by. Okay, get away from the tears, and we're going to go to the next question. So, uh, Finest Hours. The actors in here, there's some great actors. Casey Affleck, Chris Pine. So, tell us a little about how the acting is in this film. I thought the acting was really strong, personally, just because, well, it made me, like, really... Well, the, like I said, this movie's intense, so it made me pretty, yeah. like, worried that, you know, like, the boat would sink or whatever. But this movie, it's kind of surprising that it is, like, true because of what the men had to do to survive. Definitely. I love those films. Keep you on the edge of your seats. Keep, keep some suspense. Suspense is not an easy thing to pull off. Well, successfully. You gotta make sure to pull it off successfully, and sounds like this film did. So, what would you say? is this mostly effect-wise, or do you think it's more, like, practical effects? I think this is more, like, practical effects, just mm-hmm. because, you know, like... Well, I guess on the ocean scene, I thought the effects were pretty cool just because, well, when the men were rescuing the, trying to rescue the SS Pendleton, because, well, they were on this super tiny boat trying to, you know, like, get over to the SS Pendleton with no compass, so I thought, but I personally think it's practical. I love this. I love films like those. I mean, again, I'm not anti-CG. I love green screen effects and all that, and it's fun. It's good. It makes you the filmmaker be able to do whatever they want, but the practical effects make you look real, and it really makes you feel like the actors are in this situation, and you get more captivated into the story that way. So, glad to hear that. So, is there anything, because, again, this is a, a suspenseful action drama kind of film. What would you say makes this thing, this film stand out? Why would I want to go out and see it? Well, I guess you'd want to go out and see it just because it is based off of a true story. And I guess that's, you know, what makes this movie so cool because you get to see, like, what actually happened. And like I said, it's kind of surprising what the men had to do to survive and try to stall time hoping for a rest. Good enough for me. I love based off of true story films. They, they're fun. I, I mean, I everyone's just like, uh, not everyone, sorry, that's generalization, but a lot of people say that I don't like based off true story films because they're not original, like, fantasy films or, or drama films nowadays, but sometimes the best films are based off true stories because of how we're able to take real people or real life events and either pay tribute to them, make people more aware of the subject matter. Uh, I, I love those kind of films. And, again, this seems like the fun. It's advertised as the finest hour of American Co- American Coast Guard history. So, it's gotta be good. So, uh, what would you say the message that this story is trying to convey? Well, I'd say the message of this movie is to never give up hope because the impossible is possible. Um, well, in this movie, the mo- the crew was in a life or death situation. And, you know, they, they never give up hope and they just try to do whatever they can to survive and no matter what it takes. Never give up, never surrender. Sounds always great mores for kids to teach kids. Let's talk about the cinematography in this film because it looks like a lot of it's off on the coast and 
I grew up in Washington, so I go. I grew up a lot of on the coast side, and I think it's a beautiful place and beautiful filming. How was in this film? Well, I feel like they made the waves look re- really realistic. The waves are so powerful, and I I felt like I was there, experience you know, like on the boat, experiencing what the rescuers were like experiencing through the waves, through the harsh waves. And I think Disney did a really nice job of recreating this real life event and making it really really realistic. Truly. I mean, I love films like On the Water. I feel like filming stuff on the sea is beautiful because I love the sea. I think the sea is beautiful. It's mysterious. It's dangerous. But it's so gorgeous. Now, I love I love this film. I think this film is going to be uh, interesting. I really want to go see this film now. Now that you're, now we're talking about it. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And we're talking about the films The Finest Hours, The Good Dinosaur, Finding Your Roar. And we also got done talking with Jonathan Sproul, the singer-songwriter for American Heroes Number 4. We're going to continue our conversation with Lainey. So, what I was going to talk, what I was going to lead into is that this film is getting okay reviews. I mean, they say that the story, they're saying that the story is a little bit old-fashioned. Now, that's the mainstream critics. Now, we're kids first. We like, we have always, of course, like, try to have different opinions. So, do you agree with the critics that they're saying that the story is a little bit too old-fashioned? Well, yes, I agree with that, just because, you know, like, in the very beginning, it is pretty old-fashioned, but I feel like that doesn't really take away from the movie because of, you know, like, the main plot of the movie of them rescuing the S.S. Pendleton, so... I didn't really feel it really that bad at all. And sometimes people do. Some people just feel like, oh, it's an old-fashioned story. I mean, the girl, get, the guy gets the girl, and they ride up to sunset, those kind of films. But quite frankly, I appreciate those films. I like ambitious films that try something new and try to do different ways of telling story. But sometimes you just need a fashion. There's nothing bad with old-fashioned. So... Are there anything, is there anything that you may want to change in this film? No, I, I feel like, I guess, you know, like a little of the old fashioned stuff. Like, I feel like that wasn't that big of a problem. So I don't really think there would be anything I would change to this movie. And again, like the romance that you were talking about in the movie. Well, that was, you know, like real romance, like that actually happened in real life. So I think that's pretty cool. Oh, I wasn't trying to judge the romance in the film. I was just making a example. No, no, I, no, no, I wasn't saying that. I was just saying okay. that, like, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, I don't want to. I don't want the film to say, to show something like these people actually were a couple, and then, uh oh, no, just for drama, they don't get back together. Wait, no, <laughs> no, these are real people we're talking about. Yeah, which makes it hard. If you're talking about real people, you want to make sure that you turn these people, you show these people at least respectfully, or the way they're meant to be represented. If they're supposed to be represented as a hero, they're here. It's supposed to be represented as somebody who an antagonist. Neither good. That doesn't mean either good or bad. Just someone who was against it there's just different ways of portraying it of course that's that's the eyes of a filmmaker there you want to portray the story in the way that the screenwriter or the director sees it so what would you say about the i know we mentioned the uh, the effects but what about yeah i don't know as much action but of course actors had to be on boats so what would like the boat scenes like i know that's an interesting question to ask um the people were trying to survive and stall time on the boats but when the rescue boats were trying to go over there you know the waves are super big but on the ss pendleton the the um ocean like the wait i don't know like the it their boat was like totally sinking and so they were just like trying to get the pumps to work and it was really intense but what do you think about the sets? Because someone, oh, okay, someone had to really cut, 
cut a ship in half <laughs> right there. So what do oh, you yeah. think about the sets then? The sets were pretty cool. I thought that they made it pretty realistic, and I think it really fit the movie. Well, that's fantastic. I can only imagine the production design for that. It's like, okay, we want a boat, but we want to cut it in half. So can, uh, can you do that? And somebody mm-hmm. had to say yes. <laughs> So, what would you think about the character interactions? Because I love actors, and but more importantly, I like when we have characters and they interact with each other. So, what are the character interactions like in this film? Well, Bernie Weber, who's played by Chris Pine, I think that the relationship between him and his girlfriend slash fiance girl, Miriam, I just thought it was really sad that like he went away and left her when they were like engaged or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess it would just be like really. Like, scary to, like, know that, like, your fiancé was, like, going away, you know, and you might not get to see them again, so. But I thought that relationship was really cute. I feel like that story is pretty understandable. I feel people can relate to that, but some people out there who have loved ones, and I I love movies that represent that. I mean, again, you can can make the argument, oh, it's corny, he's going to leave while they're engaged, but... It obviously shows that his character is devoted to his work. Well, the person that it's based off of was very devoted into saving people's lives, being a Coast Guard, even though it meant that he may not see her again. So that shows commitment and courage. And I love films about courage. So uh, how many stars would you give this film? I'd give this movie a five out of five stars because, you know, like how you said, it might be like a little old timey, like some people thought that. But I think but I'd still give it a five out of five stars because it is so incredible. What would you say about the age range? I'd recommend it for age is 11 to 18 because it is intense but nothing that an 11 year old couldn't handle fair enough these films by that i can these films these things can get intense i mean we have people's lives on the line well not the actors but well depends on how safe the harness was i mean you gotta say as a director you gotta say okay i want to splash water in your face a few times we'll get a couple of takes if you can water splash in your face so let's see how many times we can do that well, thank you very much, Lainey, for talking about The Finest Hours. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. This film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper C. Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This show is sponsored by Guess How Much I Love You by N-Circle Entertainment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we are talking about the films The Finest Hours, Jonathan Sprout's musical album, American Heroes Number 4, Kung Fu Panda 3, and right now we're talking about The Good Dinosaur and also the hitting meaning of it, which is Finding Your Roar. So we're here with the wonderful Samantha. Happy to have you here. Thank you. So let's talk about, first of all, what Finding Your Roar is. Well, finding your roar in the movie is basically finding out who you are and finding your voice, kind of. And in the movie, they did show a lot of that. So um, I think that finding your roar would be finding your voice and having the courage to do that. And I understand that Disney is trying to promote this message with their film. Yes, they are. And I think they really did a good job with that because, like, in the movie, a lot of times you would see that come up, like that message of finding your roar, and you would see the main character in the movie have trouble doing that, but then eventually succeeding and doing it and yeah well i think it's a lovely message to support especially since kids first is about kids finding their voice and i that's why what makes kids first wonderful is because we allow kids to have their voice about children's entertainment a little plug in there but it's worth mentioning so let's talk about the film itself good dinosaur nominated for a lot of awards and doing pretty good so uh, let's talk about what you thought of this film because my friends go nuts over it what did you think? I have a lot of mixed feelings about this movie. Really? I mean, I thought it was great. It was a very different Disney movie from anything else I've ever witnessed. I'm not going to give anything away, but I will say that it was very sad. It was an emotional roller coaster for me, and that's the main reason I have mixed feelings for it. But it was good. There were some funny parts in there that I really enjoyed, and I... Like, they love Disney movies, so... I love Disney, too. Disney is an amazing company. They create some great films. Now, getting technical here. The animation. I understand that the animation for, like, one scene, it took so long to render a lot of the, the animation frames in here. But I I have yet to see it. I know, I'm behind on movies, but I'm getting ready for Oscar season. Anywho, so, I hear the animation is spectacular. What can you tell me about the animation, and what did you love about it? Well, the animation was amazing, and I can completely understand why it took them so long to do one scene because since it was a movie that took place in nature it was a lot of detail to go into that to make the trees and the water and the animals look real and it looked very real a lot of times when movies have like scenarios like that they wouldn't really succeed like this movie did this movie it was almost like a picture taken from on top of a mountain or something it looks so real i couldn't like if it didn't have dinosaurs in it i would actually believe it was a picture taken like i would have believed it was a picture taken hmm. well uh, i think it's a good time to bring up a subject john bluth a animator from the 80s and from the 70s and 80s brought up the, in an interview brought up that he feels like animation companies have been creating using cg to make things too realistic and i feel that's that's kind of not a good that's not he doesn't think that's a good thing to do for the animation for the art of animation because animation is about creating different worlds over exaggerating characters and creating so much creativity and by watering down the animation by just making them realistic to the point that they just look like live action um defeats the purpose of animation so uh, what is what is your point of view on that well this is another thing i have mixed feelings about i kind of agree i mean that if animation is too real it kind of defeats the whole purpose of animation but then again if something is animated you can go a lot of different ways with it you can do a movie about anything really and that's one thing i like about animation that'll really never get old because even if it looks real you still can't take the idea and put it in and film it 
in real life, you know? Like, you can't, you can animate anything you want, but you still can't animate, like, this movie. You can't record dinosaurs right now, but you can animate them. And I think that imagination is the whole point of animation. So I think that, for me, that's the whole point of animation. I don't think animation is about over-exaggerating characters and making things look fake. I just think it's about expressing your imagination that you can't express with the camcorder. That's a great point of view. Wow. I was, ex- I have to say that that's a great point to make, definitely. Definitely putting out and putting out being an artist. I do. I, I have to mention. I do like how you said we can't. Fi- we can't film dinosaurs now. And I'm like, so we're gonna film dinosaurs later in the future. That would be great. Anywho, so I feel yeah. that's. I think that's a great way of looking at animation, especially as an art form and for just an, a filmmaker to express their imagination just through animation. So again, that is a great way of looking at it. Let's talk about the story itself. What do you think about the story? Well, I really like the story personally. It took a lot of different turns for me, and I'd, sometimes in the movie it would get kind of confusing, but not to the point where I wouldn't understand the movie at all. I really liked the the storyline. It was original. It was unique, and yeah, it was like nothing. Ever ever seen before. Certainly. I, I, again, have yet to see it. Uh, I, I understand that it's about dinosaur and it, I understand the, the gist of it, but again, it's not about what the movie is about, it's how it's about. That's the thing of filmmaking is stories been told multiple times, but it's just how you execute it and how you perceive this story, whether it's a fish out of water, the hero's journey. Uh, that's what's great about filmmaking, just so many ways of telling stories. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we were talking about the films Kung Fu Panda 3, The Finest Hours, and talk interviewing musician Jonathan Sprout with his album, American Heroes Number 4. And we're going to continue our conversation with Samantha about The Good Dinosaur. Now, we were talking about the animation and how beautiful it was. Now, I'm curious. You also mentioned that it's about the artist. Animation is another format for artists and and storytellers to tell stories. Are there any stories that you would love to see that you so far know about that has not been turned to an animation? There have been times when, like, in school or online, I've seen, like, old folk tales kind of or like myths kind of that I were really interested in. In school, we do learn about myths and stuff. I don't know the exact names of them, but... There's some myths. I know one about a spider that is like a shapeshifter and he goes and he wanted this magical quest to um to tell a story for his like little kids and it's one I really like and it's one that like never gets old and it would be really cool to see that one turn into an animation and be in theaters. Sounds great. So Disney, DreamWorks or whatever animation company, um did you get that? Did you write that down? If not, we're gonna we're gonna tackle that. We're gonna take copyright of them, we're gonna make it into a film. So yeah. fantastic. I like that. I mean I feel like that there's so many stories you can tell of animation and I'm excited to see I, I animation's one of my favorite ways of storytelling because it is, you're all right. Depending on your budget, there is no possibilities for what you can create, especially how far technology has gone for animation. Now, what do you think about are, are you a Disney fan, Samantha? I think that's the first question to ask. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when you look at the many different films from Disney, all the way from Snow White to Sleeping Beauty, how far do you think we have, uh, do you think Disney has expanded and has gotten better animation, story-wise, character-wise, whatever you want to tackle, throughout the years? Well, Disney has come extremely far. I mean, you look at like Snow White, which was one of Disney's first movies, and you can just tell, like, it looked very two-dimensional. It's kind of just like a regular, like, cartoon that we, that you would see on, like, Nickelodeon. But, yeah, the animation has gotten a lot more advanced because I guess they have the technology for it now. It has gotten a lot more advanced. And 
it kind of makes a story. It helps with the story. I mean, and for me, it sometimes it makes it more interesting for me to watch because you can see, you can really see how things are portrayed. It's something that they really came far with. So, yeah. I totally agree. It was actually Tangled, I believe. It was, they had a thing on the DVD where you were able to see all of Disney's animations from Snow White, Seven Doors, all the way to Tangled. And it was just fascinating to see the B-roll of all these different, and how far we've gone with animation, how beautiful it's gotten, and how the stories have been different, different stories we tell. So, Disney, you've gone a long ways, and Good Dinosaur is another example of how great you are. So, fantastic. Thank you very much, Samantha, for talking about The Good Dinosaur. You are welcome. Thank you for interviewing me. Of course, this film is out, so go check it out if you haven't already. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. If you want to check out our movie reviews and also red carpet events and press junkets videos, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Also, if you want to be a Kids First film critic, go check out the website to see how you can become one, too. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Guess How Much I Love You by Encircle Entertainment. Thank you for listening. you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Channel. Your hosts, the Kids First film critics, preview all the latest movies before they're released, interview stars on the red carpet, and share their reviews with you so you can make informed decisions about what you select to see. Our reporters, ages 7 to 16, will bring you a kid's perspective on these films. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids.